Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello and welcome to the Oz Network for our finale coverage of The Amazing Race 33. But we're doing something a little bit special because we like to switch it up on you. We can't keep it consistent because some people have children and lives and can't record the normal time. So we're going to do something special. I'm Rossi, and I'm joined by a special guest who has been here all of maybe two episodes the entire season. It's Colin. Hey, you know what? I have an interesting trivia fact. This is episode number 501 for me on the Oz Network. Um, as I Are just learned, I just oh. learned that Batman, the Batman review, which people can listen to right now by just scrolling down, uh, <laughs> wherever you get your podcast, uh, was my number 500th episode. So, I'm kind of glad that my number 500 was the Batman, um, but I'm just as happy that number 501 is the Amazing Race, I guess. And it's with me. And it's with you, yeah. And not Ben. Yeah, it could be worse. You know, when I record with Ben, no joke, he's in New York now, and there were some sirens in the background, and I thought, well, Ben, what did you do? Who's in the closet? Yeah. What are you hiding in there? Let those teenage girls go. Exactly. <laughs> Stop, stop killing famous actors. <laughs> they finally come for you, Ben. Uh, but yeah, you and I are here to talk about The Amazing Race, which is a little you and I chit chit chat, talk about the season, and then later on we'll, we'll talk to, you. I will talk to Kristen and Jared, and we'll get a full coverage of the episodes. But um, you wanted to talk separately, so how, what was your idea for pitching this little segment? Well, my idea was that I have not been able to talk about this season, <laughs> except for a couple of times. So I kind of have some opinions I wanted to get out there, and I didn't want to be left out because um, uh, we have plans. Uh, but um, I'll, I'll kind of get to the episode in a minute, but I just want to say overall for the season, it's funny that the last time I was on here, now, now that I actually say this out loud, I feel like, why did I need to come on this episode? Because this is the same thing I said last time. But uh, last time I was on, we were talking about, you know, is this a good season or bad season? And I was saying that, some of the things that would necessarily make this a bad season, like you kind of have to discount them because this is just a different season. And I, I compared it to the family edition, which I mean, family edition, definitely not as good as this, but this to me is like, it's, it, it's its own thing. And it's hard to judge it compared to, yes, we're missing things like, you know, airport drama, navigation and, and all the start times and having to catch up. We're missing that. But like, there are reasons why they can't do that. And I feel like more than anything this season, for what they had working against them, this was about as good as the season could get. And little things they did, like finding some of the greatest locations that they could possibly get, uh, some of the challenges are average, but, you know, the locations, I think, is what really sold the season. And the thing that's really interesting is uh, the response people have had to the positivity of the teams. And it's so funny that, like, 
people seem to think that's like, oh, they did a really good job casting season. It's like, no, they were put in a position where nobody's going to sit there and argue and bicker. Uh, but obviously there's been a good response to just the positivity of the teams, but I actually kind of feel like that's robbed us of some of just the typical drama. And there may have very well been drama on the race. There may have very well been teams who are arguing and, and even uh, not just with themselves, but even with the other teams that are arguing. But they just chose to cut it out because, you know, it wouldn't be viewed as appropriate, you know, in today's day and age, current circumstances. But, yeah, there's things about this that didn't feel like the amazing race. But I think for what they did do, if this were its own show and it wasn't called The Amazing Race, I'd be like, that's a pretty solid Amazing Race knockoff. I don't know if you agree or have any of the same opinions. Uh, I think I'm a little less harsh than you. Was that harsh? Not harsh. I mean, critical. I don't know. Critical might be the word. Like, it, I have less of an, maybe it's an, I think your opinion's like not negative as in, oh, you, that you only think negative things, but I think I'm a little more positive on it. I don't know. I just feel like, like in a way, just celebrate the differences of it and just, you know, I, yeah. I, I didn't particularly miss too much of the drama. Like, not that I'm saying that, you know, oh, Amazing Race needs a drama or anything. It just like, I didn't miss it as much as maybe you did. Uh, and I feel like maybe this is like a standout and the next season will be like, you know, we're pairing 12 X's together. And it's just like <laughs> something like that. But I feel like we got moments, especially early on in the first half before, you know, it got shut down. We saw a lot of drama then. So I feel like it's not going to be a gone for too long scenario. I, I just I'm now picturing the things they could do next season. It's like. What would happen if you paired one Russian with one Ukrainian and made them race on the amazing race? Like, there's so many good opportunities we have there. But, uh, like, the funny thing is I think we're, we're both basically agreeing. We're saying, like, you know, see this for what it is. The drama that I think I'm missing, it has less to do with fighting, which is what a lot of people, you know, uh, have been praising this season for not having. And it's more just with the stress. And I feel like with so much positivity with the teams, uh, and, again, it could just very well be an editing decision. I think a lot of it is that, you know, they, they're they not in a lot of these situations that would bring on the same levels of stress. You know, I, I think that anything is more intense when the people in it are are tense. And that was my, we, you, we just mentioned off air, when we did the Doctor Sleep episode, and that was my complaint about the, the little girl in Doctor Sleep, is that she never seemed scared. She never seemed intimidated. So the audience is never going to be scared or intimidated. And I feel like on something that's as exciting as The Amazing Race, I wanted a little bit more of the team's getting stressed out, whether it be at each other or just getting stressed out of the scenarios, uh, whereas we didn't have a lot of that. So that's what I was missing. But, uh, you know, sort of what I was saying, if this were not the Amazing Race or if you just called this the Amazing Race COVID edition or something like that, I, I think that they succeeded in every area they should succeed in. Um, going into the finale a little bit, uh, you know, I, I don't think that we saw a lot of tasks that are like all-time great finale tasks but i like that they took their time in this because what we're usually used to in finales is they cram so much into just that final episode where you have the the roadblock and the detour but then you have all these other checkpoint tasks and you got all these other route markers and now we need you to go here and it's just an excuse to show off as much as they can in the finale and we didn't get that this time it was just a, the way a finale should be it's like we're going to put you in this environment, you need to do these things. These things are going to be difficult. You know, they might be easier for some. And it's just about watching the teams go back. We're watching two teams go back and forth. Because let's be honest, one team was kind of out of this from the beginning, right? Yeah, one thing that the finales always have different is because they're in the U.S. usually. 
for, for the leg, you know, they're in California or Chicago or whatever. So like the language barrier is not an issue. So like the challenges have to be amped up in a way. Um, sometimes they just do more is more, but sometimes less is more. And I felt like this was a less is more. Yeah. Um, and even like technically viewing the finale as like the two episodes, like the, the chunk of TV we watched, like the whole thing was just such a solid, solid viewing. And I enjoyed the whole thing. So I think that they, they did a really good job the second half, like toward the end of the season of really like honing in on these challenges. Cause that was going to be the main focus, these challenges. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be airports, it's not going to be taxis. So like yeah. they really for remote, I mean, there were some duds, but like they really focused in on these challenges and tried to bring out the, the, the drama and the excitement and the anticipation in these moments. And I think that although we didn't see a lot of struggle, it was still a really good group of challenges that we saw this, the, these teams do. And the one challenge that I thought when you watch it on TV, it is not the most exciting thing to watch, but it, it's sort of what you needed with just the challenge aspect is uh, where they had to count the pillars because there is nothing that's going to make exciting television out of people being forced to stand in one spot and be like, uh, I think that might be 90 something ish and then run and give the answer. I mean, there were, there would have been better ways to present this challenge for entertainment purposes, but I think what worked with that is that it was one of the more difficult challenges they've ever encountered, especially with so many people apparently having vision troubles. Uh, that's something, that's not something that I <laughs> struggle with, but, uh, I can tell you that I, I'm the only person in my family that doesn't need glasses, and uh, I, I'm afraid for our children because, like, I have perfect vision, and Jamie has the worst eyesight of any person I've ever met, I think, uh, or second worst, at least. Uh, so I could imagine if this were a challenge that, like, Jamie had to do, because even with glasses, Jamie would be struggling with this. And I would, looking at this, I, being stuck in one spot, even with good vision, I felt like I would struggle with this challenge. Uh, and, and so I think that's what made up for it. It wasn't necessarily that we got all this excitement out of just watch them stand in a spot and guess a number, but seeing how panicky these teams got, and especially when Penn was saying, like, I need to turn this into a running challenge. I'm just going to throw random numbers out there and keep going back and forth. That really made it, too. Uh, some of the other ones, like the, the, the boat challenge, I like, again, some of these things, I think it, it presents a challenge for the teams in something different, like the, the boat challenge, we have to find the Spanish explorer's name. The fact is, that didn't work in the favor of the way that I think that they intended that challenge to be. When you put a challenge like that on the race, you're expecting people are going to be, okay, I got to run around and ask somebody and I, or I need to try to remember my Spanish history. But it would just end up being the most logical thing that I think all the teams did is they looked at the names and they thought, what sounds like an old name? You know, <laughs> it's not going to be uh Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> I don't think anybody got uh, fooled by that one, but it's so easy to just think, Oh, that sounds like an, that's not a name anybody would give anybody now. So that must be an old explorer. But then when you add the little things that you don't see coming, like where, um, or was it a rune where he, he picked one of the boats and then as he was rowing away, it's like, no, 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 I see one that I know for a fact is an explorer. That's not something that you could expect would come up on the erase, but then that somebody else would steal it for him. Like stuff like that was great. Um, um, I, I don't know if you, the the one challenge I actually uh, kind of want to give you a pitch on is, but but I want to get your opinion on it first is the Foley challenge. So what was your opinion on the Foley challenge? I don't know. Um, I'm still unsure. I just finished the episode last night, so I'm still like fresh. But like it's uh, fun to see the past season. Oh, that there. was that was so good. My ox is broken. I haven't seen yeah. that in forever, and and like some well, of them I, I didn't remember. Um, 
I didn't remember the Bulls challenge. Yeah, like, what was what, that? What's the pie in the face? Like, <laughs> I don't even think I recognize that person. <laughs> it was probably Kelsey or Joey. That's why I didn't recognize them. I don't oh, know. God. Uh, but I thought it was a fun concept, and I think I think it was more difficult than everyone expected. Yeah, like I think that like that was what made it more exciting, and like the there were like fun moments. Like I'm not gonna deep dive, but like when uh, Penn was talking, and they're like they failed because he talked. Like just a lot, a lot of the <laughs> technicalities and the challenges this season. Yeah. Like you talked about the boats, but like. There's like that technical aspect of it. it's not just the physical of rowing. It's like, but you got to make sure you have the right boat and the and right so, color on the doorknob. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like those little technicalities. Yeah, like were so key in this uh, season. Mm-hmm. Even way back, we talked about that stinking mail challenge. But those yeah. technicalities <laughs> threw off teams. Mm-hmm. Like so, like it was such a like fine detail thing, and like this was like one of those really just like keyed in on that. Yeah, well, and, and that's actually interesting because. Uh, you know, I've, I've been trying to figure out, well, how do they make this more of a challenge when the teams have to leave at the same time? They have to travel together. You even stagger their start times so they're grouped in together. Uh, they're going to places that aren't that big, so it's not going to be as hard to navigate, like, you know, across a two million population city or anything. But, yeah, I think that is what they did to increase the actual challenge of these challenges is that the judging the judging was harsh. Like, they really made them be specific. And, yeah, this Foley challenge, I, like you mentioned, the thing with Penn where, where he talked, and he's like, oh, I think I talked over that. And then when he was like, and you need to whack the stick like this, and he just breaks the stick. Like, those little unpredictable things. And it's funny because I saw a thread where people were saying, oh, well, this this worked in Penn and Kim's favor because they uh, they do voiceover stuff. Like, Anybody can do a voiceover. We're, we're technically doing voiceover right now. I mean, <laughs> there's times when we edit episodes and you have to time, oh, this person coughs, so I gotta time it so it sounds natural. Like, it gave them no advantage. But if anybody thinks it does give them advantage, just watch what happens when you got two Olympic gold medalist hockey players on the Amazing Race Canada in a hockey challenge and they sucked worse than people who had never played hockey before. You can never predict these things. <laughs> but it's, that's what I want. I want to see even a team like Kim and Penn who maybe have the slightest bit of experience in this, still making foolish mistakes that you shouldn't normally make. But I want to I wanna pitch how I actually think this challenge could have been better because I like the idea behind it. I actually find Foley art to be really interesting. Like, I, I remember as a kid, this is going to date me a little bit, but as a kid, seeing, like, some TV special on, like, uh, unusual jobs and there was, like, Foley uh, stuff in there, uh, actually showing, like, the, the, the Jack Ryan movie, Clear and Present Danger, how it was being made. So, I mean, that was... That was I don't know, almost 30 years ago. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but I always thought this is such, it looks like such a fun job. But where I think that they missed this challenge, and this would have given the episode that little bit of quirkiness that Amazing Race finales, premieres and finales always have that, like, uh, we're going to kind of make this a little bit silly just to, to keep the mood up and not make it too, too much of a downer if there is any drama, is I wish they could have picked their own sound effect because the entire challenge wasn't about the sound itself. This challenge was just about you have to hit your cue and you can't make any other noise before or after. So how great would it have been if we could have watched this and when a pie is hitting Claire in the face, we're hearing like glass break or something like that. Or we're hearing like you know, the, the balloon noise. Like it would have just made this a little bit more fun to, to have the teams just pick whatever sound effects you want. And then the audience can kind of see like these classic moments being replayed differently uh, it's just a little thing I was thinking about watching this. I'm like, you know, I think I would have liked this more if they did something a little bit more fun like that. Because of all these challenges, there really wasn't anything in these challenges that that 
made it extra entertaining. It was challenging, but none of these were like fun challenges to watch. Do you know what I mean? Or maybe you had one that you thought was a fun challenge. Pinata, maybe. You mean just in this last episode, in this last leg? Yeah, like last two episodes or whatever, the, uh, the finale. I think the pinata one to a certain extent, but I mean, that was just sort of your typical survivor. Uh, yeah, I don't think anything particularly in this last leg. I think yeah. that it was just, I think the strength of the last leg was everything coming together. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that it was teams like, oh, it's going up and down and they're running up and down the stairs. And it's like, but that wasn't a particularly hard challenge, but it, you know, it was like, Oh, they were thrown because they didn't follow and like they didn't understand what the clue meant or then then they go to the pinata and they're like, wait, what's the tiny donkey? Like, it's just like the little things. It's not necessarily like, oh, this challenge is so good. Like it it just was every little detail that made up for a really good, you know, like combination. Yeah. And, And again, locations, considering they're going to these smaller places that don't have you know, a lot of people out and about. Uh, did I say that right? Or are people going to make fun of my pronunciation of out and about? <laughs> uh, hey, isn't it out and about? But, uh, yeah, I, I feel like just the visuals of these locations and the fact that they are being forced to go to these less populated places, um, it, it, everything looked different in the season. I think that's one of the things I'm going to look back most fondly on in the season because the fact is, there's only so many times you can go to this as many places they've been in the world before you start seeing, even if it's the same country or the same region, things kind of look the same and going to a lot of these small towns or just these piers, as opposed to being in the middle of downtown, I think visually everything about this season, it looks unique and it stands out more than, uh, than past seasons do, even if some of the challenges don't. Um, I think the one thing that really worked just kind of to wrap this up here is that this was a close finale between two teams. Sorry, Dusty and Ryan. They are, like, I mean, you, you I mean, to be, to be fair, we've also had way worse. Uh, like, very first season of The Amazing Race was, yeah, like, exactly. yeah. a they're, very they're, clear two like, teams. And, like, the, uh, yeah, the fact is there's always one team that's a little bit trailing behind. You know, unfortunately, this time Dusty and Ryan were, like, the ones trailing behind. But, uh yeah, the season one of The Amazing Race, there's reasons they changed the rules because <laughs> that does not make for good TV. But there's no way to have planned that it would have been this close between the flight attendants and Kim and Penn, you know? Uh, and it's so close. I think the, the, the most memorable moment of this entire finale, and if there's one thing that another 33 seasons from now, I'm going to be looking back on when I'm like, oh, do you remember the COVID season? I'm going to remember that moment where the flight attendants are asking that guy for directions, and then without the camera even changing, Kim and Penn come out, ask the same guy, and you picking up audio in the background of them saying, like, is this our car? No, no, that's our car. No, I think this is our car. And they're like, should we have told him not to talk to them? Like, That was one of the, you could not script or film that moment any better if this were an actual motion picture. Like, it was just such a hilarious moment all captured at the same time and no better way to illustrate it. Cause you watch the amazing race enough. You get used to seeing these race to the finish where the team's like, come on, the, we, we, we don't know if we're in the lead or not. This is for a million dollars. And meanwhile, you can see in the background when one of the teams is on, the sun's a little bit lower down than the other. You're like, Oh, this is all in editing. Like this was, they are in the same shot. We don't even have to change cameramen to show you how close these teams are. So, I mean, I love that. And I, I don't know. You, you you can give your opinion later on if you want to reserve it, but I couldn't be happier with Kim and Penn winning this thing. It also became, became very obvious throughout the season that this was going to come down to the flight attendants or Kim and Penn. 
Uh, and the, the flight attendants' names, I always forget them. It's Kayla and Raquel or Rachel? Raquel and Kayla. Raquel and Kayla. There we go. So I did get it. Uh, but yeah, like, the fact is when you have a season and they're constantly reminding you, it's been a while since we had an all-female team win. Hey, we've never had an older team win the Amazing Race, and that's being dropped every week. You're like, okay, I know that this is going to come down to these two teams. But still, I couldn't be happier that it came down to, I'd say, these four teams in the end. Uh, but particularly Kim and Penn winning, like it's, it's just fantastic that there's a team who they have their strengths, but they also have their weaknesses and they kind of made their weaknesses work for them. You know, like every time they sucked at something, they figured out a way out of it. And I think that's what you kind of want on a winning team. You can never just judge and say this team deserved it more than this team. Whoever wins wins. But I think the best type of winning teams are the ones who are like, we suck at this, so let's figure out a new way to do it. And I think Kim and Penn did a lot of that. Plus, they're just so fun to watch, you know? Were you the most excited that they won? Like, what was your dream outcome? Was it, was it the one that it was happened? 100% them winning. Although, this is one of these seasons that I think I would have been happy with all the teams winning. But I wanted Kim and Penn to win this for the entire second half of the season. <laughs> uh, you know, even uh, though we haven't had a lot of teams uh, leave, like you kind of knew which teams were out. You knew Aruna and Natalia are not winning the season, you know? Uh, but like, but they yeah. laughed, they fought, but they kept fighting, so. And that was the, the other crazy thing is that, you know, it's an unpredictable season that a team like them who was out could make it to the final four and just constantly surviving. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we're I not don't... Uh, too unfamiliar with that, <clears throat> Canada. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, that's not the only time. Uh, funny, I just recently rewatched season nine, um, which I always thought was one of my favorite seasons. I think I even mentioned this last time. I always thought that was one of my favorite seasons. I'm like, oh, it doesn't hold up quite as well. Uh, one of the things that doesn't hold up about it is that BJ and Tyler are probably the most likable people on that season, but like they were supposed to be eliminated multiple times and they end up winning. You, you, you kind of get you know, a, a little bit less of a satisfying feeling when you're like, oh, they really shouldn't even be there. But, I mean, Kim and Penn were the one dominant team, uh, not 100% dominant like some others that we've seen, but I feel like it had to be them. You know, they, they're they likable, they're uh, funny, they're entertaining, they performed well, and they always sort of figured out those ways out of their own weaknesses. Who would you most like to see come back now that your favorite team is, like, essentially gone, like, because they're the winners? Like, yeah. who would you like to see? I mean, you could bring my head in. It's funny that I don't feel like at any point during this show, I was loving Ryan and Dusty as much as other people were. But they seem like the team that you would have to bring back. And I don't see how there's any way if you do an all-star season, you don't bring them back. Uh, there's a lot of teams you could bring back, but they, to me, seem like they're the obvious one. And I, I think I would be okay with not bringing back uh, the flight attendants and okay with not bringing back uh, Arun and Natalia and Lulu and Lala. Like, you know, they're great for what we got with them on the show. Uh, um, Akbar and Sherry, same thing. But Ryan and Dusty, like, you've only scratched the surface. And they seem to be one of these teams that even though I don't think I was ever rooting for them, I was never rooting against them, but I wasn't rooting for them as much as so many people seem to be. Like, I can't imagine them ever not delivering on a show. Like, to me, they seem like they would be, uh, what's, I'm trying to think of a, a similar team who just, like, the Cowboys, you know? They're never, they're not my favorite team, but like, I can see why you would bring that team back and how they're never going to disappoint any time that you're, they're on the amazing race. Yeah, I'm not too crazy about them, but. No, I thought you would have been more crazy about them. Uh, the they were the, like they came back too many times. 
Like it's like, but you see, isn't that kind of the like, endearing thing returns. though? Like that's that's sort of the endearing thing is that they are the strong dominant team, and then they just sucked so bad. <laughs> but yet they kept like they kept in the mix. It's just that's kind of the fun thing about them. And I'm, I'm two times is fine. Three times on the Amazing Race. What are you doing? <laughs> like fair ooh, enough. <laughs> like I just, I just I, all of the three time teams. Like I just didn't care. So it's it's not even just them. It's just like all the three time teams that that came back. I'm so wait, like, are you referring to the Cowboys right now, or are you referring to Dusty and Ryan? The Cowboys. Oh, okay. No, well, again, I kind of I like I I don't disagree with you. I, I as I said, I'm not a massive fan of the Cowboys. I thought you were talking about Dusty and Ryan. You're like, no, I, no, I like them. They were they were fun. Okay, good. I mean, they were but also they did suck, but that's of the second half. Yeah, exactly. Like they sucked in the second half, but they they made the second half. Like they. I, I don't even think I, I kept track of it, but how many episode titles probably came from them? I would guess the majority. Yeah, I, I have no idea, but they, they were they were very they were funny. So mm-hmm. they came back weaker but funnier. So yeah. So That's what pretty was, much it. What were some of the? Were there any things that you'd like to see, like that they did this season that you would see in the next season or another season? Like, was there any positives that you could not positive? Like, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, it's weird that the reasoning for this is all COVID related, but I actually don't think it's the worst idea in the world is the predetermined start times and even having certain teams start together. Uh, one thing that that would rob you from is that like absolute race to the finish. You have two teams like, no, we got to get there first. But I was thinking that should, but if you don't announce what the start times are, you would still have, in fact, you might have it even more because it's prior to this, you could have two teams who are, coming in sixth and seventh place and they're race racing because they think, Oh, we might be last, but they're probably not going to race as hard as if they think, Hey, if I come in behind the team, I'm not leaving one minute later. I could be leaving 20 minutes later, you know? So I can see potential of how that could work going forward. Um, and also I think it would eliminate a lot of these, you know, you travel, you show up and it's like, sorry, we're not open until 8am. Now everybody's even again. Like I, I, I wouldn't mind the race if we didn't always have to equalize the teams so that they're all at the same level. But you just had a little bit more of all right. So now we're we're stuck in that six to eight place pack. And now okay, we moved up a little bit, and, and you really have to work week by week to move up. Then you can actually see shuffling of the rankings the same way you would like in a sporting event where it's like you're the top team, but you're on a bit of a losing streak, so you drop down to third place. Like I, I could really see how that could work. To the advantage, to eliminate some of the things that kind of just get annoying after a while in the Amazing Race, like just everybody's on the same level again. Uh, well, maybe making the teams work harder to just get that little bit ahead, just so they can get that that extra advantage, you know? Yeah, I think that if you like, yeah, like you said, nothing is more of a buzzkill than oh, the shop's not open yet. That is like the biggest <laughs> yeah <laughs> buzzkill on the Amazing Race ever. So yeah, things like that can go, and and like the episodes where we had like obviously the second half was all this like staggered starts, but like mm-hmm. the episodes like the second to last episode there were so many lead changes in that episode that like even though there was a staggered start and there were only four teams like it, there was so much in the episode that like you could get ahead or behind like mm-hmm. so it doesn't mean like just because you know teams are ten minutes apart fifteen minutes apart that you can't like have an unpredictable leg like it, yeah there were episodes where yes the teams that left in order will check in in order. But like when you don't have that, like that's the drama. That's the excitement. And so and more like, cheese. Yes, more cheese, more maggots. Um, did Jamie see that? 
She didn't know. I, oh. I, I'm reserving it for maybe the next time. She's like, you know, I really want to place an order for $50 worth of gourmet cheese. Like, really? Let me show what you something. <laughs> yeah, that'll turn her. Uh, yeah. Were you a fan? Uh, you weren't here on the episode. Were you a fan of Socrates? Um, <laughs> What was Socrates? You're going to have to remind me. <laughs> okay, you don't remember. They had, Dean said to get a clue from Socrates in one of the later legs. And all he did was just, like, stare at them and tell them, like, like one evil is this, and then one good is it. <laughs> oh, vaguely, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't say I was on a fan or not a fan. Okay, it was there. Okay, <laughs> we talked a bit about Socrates and the inclusion <laughs> of, it, but you don't remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'll give my rating for this now. Um, if this is one episode, I think it's two episodes, so we'll count it as two episodes, two oh, eliminations. Just give me, uh, too much work. Just give me one. Fine, I'll just give you one then. Uh, <laughs> I mean. I don't know if I could bring myself to buy any episodes this season. I think a lot are close. Really, I would just say this is a very solid rent. Um, the, the detractor being that none of these challenges were particularly entertaining or, you know, fun to watch as much as they were. Oh, I like how this worked out and it didn't. It's, it's, it's a weird season. I kind of feel like my rent is, is saying it's like, Hey, I expected this to suck really bad. And it didn't, and I'm shocked it didn't suck really bad, but it's still not quite what I love, but I'm okay with it, you know? So, I mean, Rent, it's perfectly in the middle, maybe even slightly above the middle. I mean, I'll tell you mine now. I'm probably going to buy this. Like, if it's one solid, you know, the, the full viewing of the two legs. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I would struggle more. I think I'd probably buy the first one and then rent the second, but, like, the whole thing was just so good, and this is, like, like the kind of these are the kind of episodes like where there's changes, there's like drama. You're like not sure who's ahead. Yeah. Like like that kind of stuff gets me so excited for the Amazing Race. And then we saw that in the in the like the last Greek leg or whatever. So like those are the episodes that I love. So mm-hmm. uh, fair. But yeah, I'm excited to get into the full episode when I talk to Kristen and Jared. But this was fun to chat to you, hear your thoughts and everything. Yeah, my thoughts haven't been heard in a while. Yes, and you can <laughs> also hear my thoughts on the Batman, which you can download now. And wait for tomorrow where you can hear my thoughts on 24, Season 2, Episode 18, I think. Ah, classic. All-time great. (laughs) Where's that in your episode rankings? It was pretty low from memory suicide. Or it was low for 24, but high for Season 2. That's that's kind of the trade-off there. (laughs) But I don't want to spoil the surprise, so I have no idea is what I meant to say. Okay, I I don't know what's going on, but okay. (laughs) We're we're good. And over to you, Jared and Kristen. Stupid. In the studio. (laughs) (laughs) On the scene right now, on the (laughs) Kristen and Jared, live reporting. Uh, Kristen, with the weather. Um. (laughs) Jared, with sports. (laughs) Um, Now in 3D. And that was a great conversation with Colin. Don't you two agree? All yeah, right, 100%. Okay. <laughs> can always count on Colin for that insightful uh, recap. And it's just, it's always great to have him on board. Um, he's always here to uh, to give an opinion. Yeah, he's, he also said that really funny thing, and I thought it was really funny. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, a good talk, one. Talked about the teams and the bits and the challenges and the... Yeah. The concepts, yeah, great. 
It's really good. Out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> but we're here to recap the episode. Uh, the two legs, the finale two legs, since we didn't talk about Colin, as you guys clearly just listened to, uh, we're here to talk in depth about the episode and the challenges and everything. Uh, general thoughts, Kristen, what were your overall thoughts of the finale? Was it satisfying end? Yeah, I liked it. I thought that the second episode was better than the first one. Um, I liked how, uh, like you really didn't know who was going to win till the end, uh, that it was really close. And I, I definitely prefer, uh, seasons that have that kind of, uh, tight finish. So I enjoyed it. Jared, what were you thinking? Better than Kristen thought? Worse than Kristen thought? I feel like the same. I feel like the second last leg was kind of just a stock standard episode with nothing too interesting. Um, but I thought the final leg itself was good. It was kind of, it's kind of annoying to have them paired together, to be honest. Oh, you mean in the episode? Mm, yeah. Like I would have rather them just separated out, but you know, get what you're given. Yeah. I, I mean, we were at this point used to like so many people in the finale of a show, like, Mm. Going back to final three, or if it just seemed, it just doesn't seem like modern, amazing, like modern reality TV format anymore. But yeah, I, I was kind of higher a little bit on the first one. Um, I do agree with all the points you said, like it, the last one was so dramatic of like who's going to win, but I just, I don't know. I really like the first episode or first leg, I should say. Uh, but we'll see. We'll get into it. Uh, so. We're kind of, the first leg was a nice recap, obviously, since it's the finale, and we're going into the final country that we're going to go to, which is Portugal. And it started with, like, an actual challenge. Like, it was, it, it brought back those rude infos, and you have to get to this, like, fort, and then you have to kind of search for your clue and everything. And, I, I mean, doesn't, didn't really add too much to leg, but I thought that those little, little things we like to have, that there's more than just the roadblock and the detour, I think that was a fun you know, element to add. And then they have to then go find that, like they, they see the clue or the flag and then they've got to try travel down there. But it seemed to be a little more complicated than some because some teams were going the wrong way. Others got confused about where to go and if they have to follow the water. Um, and then they showed us that like over map overlay where it's like where the teams were like as a GPS thing. And I thought that was such a cool detail because you saw some team, like I think Ryan and Dusty went the wrong way. And I just, I thought that the, like, despite the fact that it was, like, super simple, obvious thing, like, it was made harder because of the teams and stuff. And I I just thought it was, like, a nice start to the race. And I I thought it was, like, a fun little thing that we normally don't get. But clearly neither of you were too crazy about this. Well, there was something I picked up on that I really liked, and it just, like, adds in my brain to why Kim and Penn are so good at this race. Like, when you saw them see the flag, they were like, okay, so we have to follow the water, and then I see those orange buildings over there, and if we hit those, and that means we've gone too far. And, like, then they went. And I thought that was awesome because every other team went up there, and they were like, oh, there's the flag, and then immediately sprinted back down the stairs to leave. And, like, I feel like that's just this, like, tiny little detail I noticed of, like, how much they pay attention and how, like, smart they are as racers. Jared, were you going to say something? <laughs> oh, I just, I, was, I mean, it, this was fine. It was good, too. I feel like this is a stock standard challenge of, like, go up to somewhere high and, like, spot the Amazing Race flag. I was a bit disappointed that there weren't any, like, decoys. I feel like this was, like, the easiest mm. version we possibly got of, like, this type of challenge. But considering we hadn't had it all season, I think it's fine to put in here. Um, 
And like you mentioned, Rossi, I loved the map overlay showing exactly where the teams were in relation to one another, and I hope that's something that we can get more of in, in like, in future seasons. Well, I thought that despite the fact that it was so simple, there was, like, overtakes at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, Ryan and Dusty got there, like, third, but they took the wrong way, and then they ended up getting there last. And, and like, Kim and Penn, I think, were second because they started like second, but then they managed to overtake some, some order like that. Like someone managed to overtake the first team. It just like, just a simple thing managed to change the lead so much. And then even in the next challenge, the lead change, that's what I liked so much about the first episode is that there were so many like opportunities. I felt like the teams got ahead and behind each other Mm -hmm. with the whole like start of the race. One thing that I noted was that Raquel and Kayla really aren't the best at driving. They're better than Arun and Natalia. But they end up driving down this tiny street, and then they're at the stairs. <laughs> and Raquel's like, can I just drive down them? And it was just like, <laughs> so ridiculous. that They get this stuck in this, like, clearly not a route for a car to take, but they have a small enough car that they can fit in there. And it was just it was so funny. Uh and then one of the other things that I noted is we got another Dusty quote at this point of the race uh, where because they're at this point where they're like, just save from that elimination. And he's like, I would not want to be I would not want us behind you hunting you down. We will feast on the lambs in front of us and we will uh, and we'll find the lambs in front of us and feast like he is he all over these quotes. really committed to this like wolf like <laughs> metaphor throughout like this entire like and even like carrying it on to like the finale as well like he was just every time he spoke it was always about yeah and then when they overtook it's like we've uh hunted down Raquel and um and now we're going on for like Kim and Pan and like this that whatever else like he was like committed to this bit throughout the episode and it, like, dates back to, like, a few episodes ago. We talked about, like, hunting, like, birds or something, he mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. And then, like, last episode with the rocks, he was, like, screaming like an animal. And, like, he was doing animal grunts or whatever. Like, so he's, this is his, like, new persona for the second half of the race is, like, like animal hunter. Yeah. He, he yeah. like, says, go ahead. I, I listened to his uh, exit interview with, with Rob, and he mentioned that he was like, I made a lot of animal references, didn't I? Like, it wasn't like a planned in the moment, like, thing. It was just what came out was always animal related, apparently. And, like, he didn't know this until he was watching it back. I can imagine, though, it's like one of those things, like, after a certain while, survivors are like, oh, I didn't really notice the cameras. It's like mm-hmm. just something that you just say constantly or think about, and you're just like, Oh yeah, I, I guess I did say that a lot. Like it's it's definitely one of those things where he's like zoned in, focused ahead, and just like, oh yeah, I was talking about hunting and killing them. Like maybe I say that too much. Because <laughs> yeah, he said we're coming for the blood of first place. Like he was really committed. Yo, my entire timeline on Twitter when I was watching this was just about how everyone hates Dusty so much. And I was like, wow, I can't wait to go on the podcast because everyone over there likes Dusty. Because <laughs> I think he's awesome. Like, I think he's so funny. Like, not that I was really rooting for him to win, but I thought he was a great personality to have on the show. Yeah, I, I can't imagine not seeing joy in, like, this man slowly coming more unhinged as the race went on. <laughs> Like, every episode he was, like, literally more hungry for the win, and, like, he he just went, at, like, full out, and he was, like, 100% given to the, like, it was great. I'm so glad yeah. that we had them. Yeah, me too. What's not to like? He's, like, yeah. 
like competitive but not annoying and like gets frustrated with himself which provides great moments he knows how to make cheese like what more do you want <laughs> yeah get you a man who can do both <laughs> like make cheese and grunt like an animal. i don't know <laughs> yeah uh we're upset with twitter we don't like that we like yeah. the dusty appreciation here yes but anyway we go on they get to this like marina or whatever and they have to do the roadblock and but they we get notified early on that it's like there's two roadblocks so be careful uh do we like that i i wasn't a big fan of that when they announced that jared thoughts I don't no know i i think that should remain like just blind the double roadblock don't give them full warning it's like it's like you turn like caution you turn ahead like get rid of that rubbish uh just let it rock up when it rocks up kristen thoughts at all anything yeah, I, I thought it was unnecessary. It's because then, you know, they're trying to put like the person who uh, has more, you know, is better at more things second. So just depending on what comes up second that they'll, you know, have potentially better person. Yeah, I think that I think they should just let it go and not say anything. The only like upside I could think is that like we, Arun and Natalia were talking about it and they're like, well, what could the next challenge be? Could it be something that the other person could do even better. Like, that's the only thing is, like, you might overthink it. Like, that's yeah. the only upside I see to doing this is I that think, they, like, panic. But Yeah, I feel like the ideal way to do this is to make both roadblocks actually really similar um, and make the first one look really physical, but then they rock up to the second one and it's kind of even more physical. So, like, you, like, double bluff them and they put the wrong person <laughs> up for the first one. <laughs> Yeah, or you like write the clue wrong, like like really trick them with the clue, like who's mm-hmm. ready for this physical challenge or whatever, and then it's yeah. like a mental challenge or something like that. That so they can't like like try and strategically do it that way. I mean, there, there's options. They they kind of do. They scatter the ways that they do it sometimes. So I mean, I'm not a, crazy about it, so I can go. But anyway, the first roadblock, they have to choose a boat that has a name of a Portuguese explorer, and then they have to kind of. Uh, row it around the marina to get checked by this guy who's at the dock uh but like they had thrown in some like fake not fake non-navigational people like there was cristiano ronaldo in there and some other um non-explorers so there was a little bit of like you had to figure it out um but all the teams seem to chose the like uh just gonna push through and do it quickly as fast as we can they're not gonna bother asking anyone or looking up on the on the, their phone or whatever. They're just going to go for it and guess. Uh, so many of the teams didn't even know, but they just like, yeah, maybe I'll take this guess. And it seemed to work out for everyone except for Ryan, who ended up just picking someone, didn't end up working, he had to go back. Uh, and Arun, didn't work for Arun either. Uh, except he knew one, but that, that whole segment was weird. <laughs> He's like, oh, Vasco da Gama, that's mine. And then Ryan jumps and takes it. He's like, that's mine. It's like, you can't even get out of the like little area you're stuck in so. he claimed it when he was like five feet away from it just like could not get back to it Poor guy. it was like that's mine i'm gonna get that eventually when i get out of this spot. <laughs> it was it was randomly funny i was yeah. like and i'm like thinking i'm like you're giving away the clue that like what run mm-hmm. should ryan take like clearly ryan's not like oh i'm a genius i know all these things and you just took the wrong one but like it was just crazy that he was just like, that's mine. Um, but the challenge was kind of really not that exciting or interesting. I mean, I like the twist of like, oh, there's fake boats, but 
you've got Cristiano Ronaldo as one. Like, everyone's going to be like, yeah, that's not one. And then teams were like, oh, that doesn't sound Portuguese, so I'm not going to go for it. And it's just like, whatever. I mean, I, Kristen, do you have any major thoughts? No, I didn't think it was, like, great, a great viewing experience. Like, I don't know. There was nothing super exciting about it. Um, also, like, we didn't know who, like, because I don't know who anybody, any of these people are except for Vasco da Gama, too. So, uh, like, I didn't know what, what was happening until they got to the place and they said yes or no. Like, I don't know. I feel like I didn't really know what was going on the whole time, and it wasn't that exciting. Like, you know, a, ru- a ruin going in circles was was upsetting and uh, amusing, but, you know, what wasn't my favorite task. Jared, you loved it, right? Or probably not. <laughs> I loved the run bit, and I loved um, the fact that we did see, like you've mentioned, like this was another, like, point in this episode where the lead changed between third and fourth. Um, but, yeah, I just felt like it could have been handled better in terms of, I don't know, more boats or... I don't know, something where the teams could actually figure out themselves who this was, like, meant to be instead of relying on, like, pre-existing knowledge. And it didn't seem like a place where there was too many people around. Um, and they also didn't have to go very far with the boat. So I feel like there wasn't much, like, downside to just, oh, well, I'll just guess because I only have to take this around the corner and, like, back. Like, it didn't look like I had to row the boat far. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't really much um risk of like, oh well I get it wrong, like I might lose one spot maybe, but it wasn't like it's gonna end like the race for them. We saw a lot of brute forcing this episode. Like later on Penn does the other roadblock and he's just like, I can't figure out the number of the columns. So I'm just gonna run. I'm just gonna make it a physical challenge and keep guessing. It's just like this was like another thing where they're just like, I'm not gonna think about it, I'm just gonna move and then that way I'll make decisions by elimination. And so yeah, it doesn't make it exciting to view. And if you're not like a history buff, there's no way you're going to be able to participate in the challenge, like Kristen said. So it's not really friendly for us. And it wasn't particularly that exciting to watch, except Arun did not know how to row a boat for some reason. And he said before he did it, he's like, as long as it's not singing and dancing, I'm good. <laughs> um, clearly not. As long as it's not singing, dancing or rowing, he's good. But anyway, most of the teams pretty much get out of there pretty quickly, except for Arun and Ataya. They're stuck there a long time. Uh, then teams have to go to this, like, random, like, alleyway where they have to then take, like, a little can of sardines and then replicate that on the door, um, which sounds way harder until you realize that they've already, like, pre-painted a little bit of it for them to mm-hmm. get on. But I thought this was a kind of cool, like, detail-oriented task, like, it's, like, one of those things where teams got to slow down, they got to focus on the small details, and we saw quite a few of the teams, like, struggle. No one got it right away. Um, so it, it seemed to be, like, an actually, like, difficult challenge. The lead changed a little bit here, because uh, I think Kim and Penn got first there, but then the flight attendants left first and, and stuff like that, and so there was a lot of, like, shake-up here. This put Ryan and Dusty way behind, because they didn't get their, like, final detail checked, which I thought was a little bit BS, but uh, I thought it was a fun challenge. Kristen, what about you? Yeah, it was really confusing with the doorknob thing. Like, everybody else's doorknob was, like, off to the side, and they weren't painted, but theirs was in the middle of the door, so they had to paint it. Like, I didn't think any of these directions were clear. Like, I don't know if there's some reason that, like, I couldn't find. Like, I was trying to look on Twitter and stuff, like, if anybody understood what was happening, and I didn't see any good answer. Like, I don't know if, like, the other people's was, like, outside of their, like, painted, like, 
like the dedicated area that they had to paint. So I just thought that was very weird. And it was funny just watching them like make all of the lines like nicer the entire time because they couldn't figure, figure out what they were doing wrong. But I don't know. It was it was a fine it was a fine like attention to detail task. Just like that one part, I didn't quite understand what was happening. Yeah, it seemed weird that like usually on these like tasks where you've got your own thing there's like a uniformity or something yeah and like the door being different for each of them seemed weird uh jared what were your thoughts yeah i felt the same this was odd um just because of the door knob I, like it's it's okay now in hindsight because like it, do, it didn't cost them the leg but it, I, like if it had cost them the leg it would have been not a great look i just yeah it was just weird that not all the teams had to paint it and i get that some were off to the side but i feel like they still should have had to like paint it like the background color if there was no pattern over it or otherwise pick different patterns where they all like intersect where the doorknob is um but i i agree that like it was it was fun to watch it was nice it was something different i was a bit confused why nobody picked like the guy in the striped shirt on the tin to me that seemed like one of the easier ones um but yeah, it was fun to watch and, and glad that like teams actually struggled and the judging was fair, apart from the doorknob, but fair in terms of like she looked at mistakes and didn't tell them exactly what was wrong. So that was good. Yeah, we've complained that another situation where we said, this is bad, fix this. And they did. They listened to the podcast where they said, oh, uh, the judge of the cakes says everything. <laughs> and now, now they don't do that. Which yeah, I, d- I did. I did like that when somebody asked, like, oh, do you have any uh, comments? And she just, like, shrugged. I liked that a lot. Yeah, because it's no fun when they're like, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong. Because then Ryan and Dusty would have been out of there, like, an hour earlier. And then it would have, like, sucked the drama out of who was going home or something. Like, it would have just been so much worse. Uh, I mean, and then you had the struggle of, like, Kim and Penn were there first. And then they're like, we picked the hardest one. And it's like, well, that's interesting that, like, they had all these choices and they ended up picking the worst one, which set them back a little bit or one of the worst. I mean, arguably we weren't there painting it, so I don't know, but it it was good to see that there was a lot like to it and not everyone got it right away. This is also when we get the flight attendants decide to leave their map or not intentionally, but they left their map. They decided to leave it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the amazing race wasn't hard enough. They were like, let's make it harder. <laughs> Uh, they left their map at the door and then they were like, oh, what should we do? Should we go, should we go buy a new one? Should we go back to see if we left it somewhere? And they were just like in such a panic. Uh, at some point, someone literally said, we need the map three times in a row. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> I was like, that, that's very helpful. <laughs> but it was so funny. And then they like searching around, they get totally lost. They end up just going and buying a map. Um, Desperately, because they're the some of the worst navigators. The, they're the top two worst navigators of the season. So, smart decision for them. But that was just such a funny random scene. And the thought that maybe we can get on without it. Like, such a bad idea. Yeah. But, but yeah, such a, it was a surprisingly interesting moment that came in the episode. Um, but then teams have to then go to the other roadblock which is another slight wrinkle to a standard challenge. They have to count these columns, but they can't leave the, like, box on the ground, uh, which is weird. But, like, I don't know. I thought it, it created some drama because a lot of the teams couldn't figure it out right away. And even the, like, hyper-focused pen couldn't figure it out. So, like, it added some drama to it, um, except for uh, Ryan, who got it in one go. So, but I, uh, kind of a more of a boring challenge, but I like the wrinkle of the, like, 
you got to count the columns, but you can't leave the area. I thought that was a nice, like, slight, like, technicality that they added to it. Kristen, let me guess. Not a fan. Um, It was fine. Um, I don't understand why Penn kept guessing odd numbers. It seemed mm-hmm. like it didn't make sense. <laughs> I thought that was really weird. Um, uh, I think that it is an odd choice when you have, like, an older team. Like, I know that there are young people who can have bad eyes, but there's, like, you know, it's pretty obvious that like an older person's eyes are not going to be as good for like distance as a younger person's. And like, I think it was, was Kayla the one that did it and got it in one shot. Like I thought that was really impressive, but like, like it was whoever passed Penn doing it. Um, I thought it was fine. Like, again, it wasn't like super visually appealing for the viewing audience, but like as a task, it was something that frustrated at least some of them and like, whatever, it was fine. Yeah, I wrote down, uh, Penn wrote, said a quote. He said, Kim and I have both have pretty bad vision. Evolutionarily, we would have been killed by tigers. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. just a great line. Yeah. Which is, which is true and fortunate that they, they were like set back by this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, based on how old they are or whatever. But I mean, then he got through it eventually. He just decided to brute force it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was okay. It was a nice switch up on like a standard like counting challenge to have them have to count it from far away. Um, I also like, like Kristen said, I thought it was odd that I think both, um, Penn and Ryan both like at one stage like guessed like odd numbers. I'm like, what are you doing? Like clearly it's the same on either side. Like it would have been really evil if it was like an odd number and like they'd made a mistake when building the building itself. But it was just weird that teams were guessing, like, odd numbers. I'm like, clearly it's even. Like, you're counting the columns on each side, and, like, it it looks symmetrical. Um, but it was a fun one. Like, we get um, we get another lead change here, which was nice to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love, like, the monk himself was, like, was great with just, like, the, him, like, not talking, like, either nodding or shaking his head, and then just, like, pointing to, like, the lighthouse, like, yeah, there. <laughs> I'm also, like, 95% sure that Ryan didn't do this task, and both of you have mentioned him, so I'm confused, but that's fine. The one who didn't do the boats did this. Yeah. I thought thought Ryan did the boats. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I like how you guys watched an entire season of this and still have no idea who these people are. I I figured them out. It's just, you know. Uh, he didn't yell out enough. There weren't enough, like, he didn't mention the wolf <laughs> metaphor enough during this. So, like, I'm going to hunt down those teams ahead of us. Yeah, he was he was too bland in this moment for, for recognition. Okay. <laughs> uh, you, yeah. you just assumed he was Ryan. And I forgot about the whole, like, uh, like bicep comment for, like, the rowing challenge of, like, well, clearly, like, Ryan is going to do, like, the rowing here because look at his arms. I love that Dusty's always just talking about how beautiful Ryan's body is. <laughs> well, he said it like, or like that infamous like quote where he's like bowling balls of legs or something like uh, that. It's yeah. Like he just always talks about Ryan. <laughs> he, he, I guess, uh, you know, when you wait for someone to get out of prison, for some <laughs> yeah, you have a friend who, who builds you up all the time. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, get a friend like uh, Dusty. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, the, like I don't think I want a friend like Dusty, but that's, that's beside the point. Get a friend that hypes you up like that. There you go. Uh, maybe not one that says, I'm going to kill those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one that refers to him as like a wild beast hunting animal. Maybe not. But 
<laughs> the Sorry, monk, continue. You're good. <laughs> the monk points, like Jared said, doesn't say anything, just points to the lighthouse. Um, and then teams have to run there. Uh, it looked super close when they were standing at the, like, where he, the monk was. But then apparently it was so far away that teams were, like, running on paths and they weren't running. It just seemed more confusing than it should have been. Like, I, they make you think it's going to be a lead change at this point. But, but either way, it was just so confusing of, like, where teams were going. Some teams were like, should we walk here? Should we go this way? It just surprisingly more complicated than we expected. Uh, but unfortunately, all the teams kind of check in in the same order that they finish that challenge. And Arun and Natalia arrive last. And unfortunately for them, second time eliminated from the race. <laughs> no non-elimination for them. Uh, I feel like we all kind of knew this was coming, right? Like, this was not unex- totally unexpected. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they haven't been uh, good at navigating, so that's been an issue all season. Um, but, like, they were playing with house money at this point. Like, they shouldn't have even been out there. So I think it's really cool that they made it this far and were able to, like, because exp- I know that they're both, like, huge super fans of the show. So I just think it's really cool that they were able to even, like, have this chance because they should never have had, like, these whole, like, last, you know, eight legs. They shouldn't have even been able to do that. So I just thought that was cool. Yeah, even though I was like, oh, I feel like it's them. Like, I was like, oh, I'm so sad that they're going. Like, yeah, just because I know that they loved it. And they were like, it's just like the whole story of getting eliminated, coming back. And then, then Toulon, you just like, you just want to root for the underdog so much and stuff. But yeah, they were, they were fun to have. Jared, what, you miss them? Um, Yeah, I feel like we saw it coming. This was, I to me, this was a good point for them to go. Like, it was nice that they got to come back and experience, like, the race all the way up to the final four. But in terms of the final leg, I really wanted to have, like, the strongest three teams there. And I feel like there wasn't a whole lot separating, like, Kim and Penn and Raquel and Kayla and Ryan and Dusty in terms of ability. So I feel like it just made the last leg all that more exciting, having those three teams there. I mean, I think you misspoke there. Strongest three teams. I mean, come on. Akbar and Sherry were eliminated a while ago. They, they obviously true. top top there. <laughs> so, not to don't discredit them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Arun and Natalia—they like they were coming good, like their best finish on leg nine. Like they were coming into their form <laughs> at the right time. You know, Phil <laughs> was rooting for them. Well, it's like you have to sell them somehow. Uh, they finished third, isn't that great? But yeah, unfortunately, they were eliminated. We'll get to them as we get to the end of our final predictions at the end of the episode. Uh, well, one last thing that Dusty said to close out the episode before they went on to talk about Arun and Taya was that he said, we came here to drink beers and kick ass. Uh, I don't know where that came from, but he just said it out of the blue. Um, well, I think he said, like, and we're all out of beer was, like, the joke. Oh, did he? I didn't. I think that was the joke of, like, we're only here to kick ass now. Oh, I totally missed that. Yeah, I think that was the joke. Oh, well. It still came out of nowhere, but anyway. So every, <laughs> He's just everything thinking he, back to that darts challenge. <laughs> everything he says comes out of nowhere. I thought that. I was like, wait, didn't they talk about... They had beers a while ago. That was like 20 months ago. <laughs> I was like, how does he even remember that that well? <laughs> but uh, anyway, final leg. Headed to America. Headed to LA. Um, we, they were on the airplane like to start the episode, which is not unusual. But, like, Phil was there giving, like, a pre-flight announcement for them. He's like, your clues in your, like, was it the little bag in front of your seat or whatever? And then all the teams look. He's like, just kidding. It's not there. That's your, like, <laughs> safety information. <laughs> I was just like, what is this? 
segment. So odd, feel like trolling the teams because well, I mean, he trolled the audience as well because they're like, okay, yeah, like that makes sense. The clues in their seat pocket, no. It it made no sense. I thought it was stupid, but it's such a little fun thing. Like I'll I'll remember that fondly. Just like Tim <laughs> telling them that like, oh, there's your glue and whatever. Uh, and then there were like, if you look, there's like people sitting on the plane in the background. Yeah, is that, that like, was really fake? weird. I think it was the crew, but like they they never like showed any of their faces. But I also thought that was really weird. I was like, so Phil's just like commandeering the plane to like, <laughs> feel like I have this important joke announcement to make. Like it was just weird, and I know that it's their own like quote unquote private plane, mm-hmm. but it's just still so weird when you're like just see the teams and then everyone else like all these random people that you don't know who i think the spacing was just odd too because like the crew is at the front and then there's like a like four row gap and then it's like and then like the teams are right at the back as far away so we can possibly put them from anybody else yeah i mean hey if you're you've got room you can move if you got your own private jet just move around get some leg room uh but yeah they should have spaced them out like an extra row between the teams so that you could like lay all the way back but, yeah, and Phil could have done, like, he, he could have walked down, like, the entire aisle and addressed them each individually. <laughs> yeah, and brought them a drink and a snack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More Phil on the scene, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm always upset that they got rid of it. And so what fans are on about that it wasn't good, it was great. Um, <laughs> but so glad we got this. Yeah. It, it's just what you need to sneak into the, like, just to lead into the finale, you know? That exciting mm-hmm. pre-announcement, that, that scene. Uh but anyway, so but then all of a sudden we cut to the team standing on a helicopter pad on this building, which was such a jarring gut. Um, but it's like their first cha- their first um, like ta- task they've got to do is they've got to unlock the clue box with uh, so like they've got to find the hidden clue and the and then the note that they get says that the clue is moving up and down or going up and down or something like that. And it seems so, to cause so much confusion because teams were running up and down the stairs, teams were going. In like Ryan and Dusty went all the way through the elevator to go to the ground floor. It just seemed to cause so much more confusion than it than it needed to, which was obviously exciting to like see teams not like get it right away. Um, but like the clue was hidden on the elevator, and you just had to look out into the like I don't know, look at the building, I guess whatever to find it. Uh, I thought it was an interesting challenge, a little weird, but I thought it was an interesting start to the episode. Kristen, did you think? What did you think? I like tasks like this where, like, they don't tell you exactly where something is. And then I know that, like, all the way back to, like, the first episode, we talked about how a task that could be bad or boring is, like, made more interesting by a team being dumb. And, like, we had that again in this in this part because I, like, you know, this should have been pretty straightforward. And, like, having, like, Ryan Dusty, like, Ryan and Dusty, like, ride the elevator up and down a bunch of times. And they, like, went over into, like, the other team's like little stations and saw that they had all left already and they were like trying to look for clues and the other stations of like oh everybody else figured it out so it can't be that difficult like I thought they at least made it interesting by like being confused and not knowing what was happening unfortunately for them this is kind of what sealed their entire race uh, yeah they were pretty much out of it from this point on which is unfortunate because you know you want all those three teams to be fighting right to the end but unfortunately they were kind of taken out at this point Mm-hmm. Uh, which was exciting in, in the moment, but then long term it was l- a little less exciting. But yeah. we had the two teams fighting it out neck and neck. Jared, what did you think of this challenge, just there? Yeah, I thought it was good. I liked that we had like this variety of of 
of strategies, if you want to call it that. Um, I mean, Raquel and Kayla just were, like, amazing for the whole, just, like, first half of this episode. Um, but I just love them, like, straight to the roof and, like, look around, find the clue and, like, get out of there. Then poor, like, Ryan and Dusty, like, are we really surprised that, like, a kind of challenge that required some mental effort is, is where they lost out? Um, and then Kim and Penn with their whole, like, I don't know what they were doing, just, like, running up and down, like, in, like, the stairwell of, like, oh, we just have to run up and down till we find a clue. Like, it was just, they, like, it was weird for them to, like, make such a big mistake at the start, but luckily they kind of cottoned on fairly quickly about what they were meant to do. Yeah, it's nice that, like, it's such a simple thing, like, find the clue, and but it caused so much confusion, which is, is what we like. We talked about this for the mail task. Mm-hmm. It was so simple, but teams made it harder than it needed to be. Uh, so yeah, and like you said, surprising for Kim and Penn to be so out of out of sorts in a challenge like this. Uh, but you know, teams then have to navigate to this like student. I don't know, this uh, the pinata. They have to go to this like courtyard, or there's this like pinata set up in like the courtyard, and they have to like one person. It's like a classic Survivor challenge uh, where the person is blindfolded and they have to to do these like quick tasks. And the other person's, like, navigating them, like, do this, get here. And they have to smash three specific piñatas, taco, a donkey, and then some other, like, star or whatever. Um, And you get three pieces of the clue, and then that's how you move on. And I thought this was just like that stone challenge. Like, it's a perfect setup for a challenge. You've got people yelling over each other, trying to figure out where the, the, like, piñatas are. And then this is Mariachi in the background, just (laughs) playing away and just, like, you can hear like Kim yelling to Penn and then there's just the music in the back. It was just a great setup for a challenge. And I thought this was like another thing that was very simple, just like smash pinatas. Like it was much more complicated than it seemed like you couldn't see all of them. I just thought, I thought this was, this is probably my favorite challenge of the episode. Kristen, what'd you think? Yeah, I thought this was fun too. Like I liked that um, there were a lot of pinatas that looked like the other ones because I saw like every time I think it was Kim and Penn like she would direct him towards like some animal and I'm like oh that's not it and I'm like oh that thing has horns that's definitely not like a little donkey and like like it was so obvious that like they weren't getting the right one and like they at least made it like difficult and it makes it extra difficult because like uh, only one person is like really doing the task where they can see anything and yeah I thought it was really fun that was real I was so impressed with Raquel and Kayla through this entire thing. Like, I feel like they, like, the first, like, three quarters of this race was, like, perfect. Like, they were so good, and I'm I'm very impressed by them as a team, and I feel bad that they weren't able to win. Yeah, it's, like, moments like these, you're like, this is the winning team. Like, yeah. Like, how could this team, like, they played it perfectly. Like, they yeah. did, they had their strategy, like, they left the clue on the ground, like, let's not worry about carrying everything. Like, pick it up at the end. Like, yeah. they were just so solid on how they had to do everything. Mm-hmm. And so, it, unfortunately, it just fell off. And then, Jared, you had to like this challenge. At least there wasn't a, a woman saying, leave no piñata unsmashed or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that would make it even better. Uh, but, no, it was really good. I liked the fact that there were so many piñatas there. Like Kristen said, the fact that so many looked sl- slightly kind of similar. Like, we could tell, like, okay, like, Pens just hit like a bull off <laughs> off the clothesline, <laughs> but whatever. Um, it just yeah, it just made it really difficult having so many to determine which was the right one for the person looking. But then also for like the person blindfolded hitting the pinatas to have so many so close together, for them to actually hit like the right pinata was also difficult. And like Raquel and Kayla, like the directions were great, 
and then like the heating of the pinatas was great as well. Like these were like tough pinatas to like break open by the looks as well. So it was just it was really impressive. Um, I love that for Kim and Penn, like the tiny donkey was hidden behind like this <laughs> massive like ice cream, and she just like could not find for the life of her find it. Um, so it was really fun, and also like the great moment at the end when they like, they take off their masks, and Penn is like, "Is that like <laughs> is that all from me?" And there's just like destruction like everywhere across this place because he's pretty much hit open every pinata there. It was just a really fun moment as well. And like the little detail that like they couldn't leave the like like platform in the middle mm-hmm. like they had to stay there and like you've got like kim at one point like laying on the ground to like look under and every like it's just all those little things and like pen smashed one at one point and it like flew off the line so kim's like okay gotta step forward like three times and like it's right there like just all that stuff worked and uh eventually despite almost smashing everyone pen and kim got out of there <laughs> and so teams at this point then are navigating to the Music, the, I don't even know what it's called, like a studio where they're making editing and videos and stuff and they're doing Foley work. And so the teams have to then become Foley artists and they have to like dub the sounds over these iconic, amazing race scenes. Unfortunately, some of which seem very different, obscure to me that I was like, oh, I'm not quite sure I remember this one. <laughs> Outside of obviously the iconic ox is broken and I remember obviously the watermelon smash. But like some of the other, I was like, "What is what is this pie smashing?" I don't remember this. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure that uh, Arun and Natalia would have probably had a huge advantage. Super fans would have known exactly what to do. But I thought this was like a surprisingly interesting challenge. Like there was like a lot of technical details that you had to get exactly right, and like you only could see the instructor do it when they asked. So it wasn't like. Usually sometimes, like with the cheese, there was like someone constantly making cheese. There was like you had to ask to get it to get someone to do it for you and stuff. So I thought there was a lot of stuff and layers to it. Like at one point, Penn talked during the middle of it. It's like, get ready for the next one. And they're like, they failed because of that, because he, he couldn't talk because it's recording audio. Like, so I thought this was like a surprisingly fun challenge. And it's always great to see flashbacks of the race and like other past seasons and stuff, like when they reference other stuff. So I thought it was great. Kristen, what'd you think? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I think that was pretty cool for some of the, like, super fans, too, to be like, oh, I remember these things, which I also didn't remember anything but the two you mentioned. Um, the, the hay bales looked vaguely familiar, but, like, not the specific, like, moment that they were showing. It's like the but, most generic moment. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I don't even know who that is. But, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it quite translated like on screen like it seemed a lot more difficult than it really looked on tv but like i think that because that's the only challenge that really like slowed down raquel and kayla and i know kim and Penn had a little bit of trouble with it too so like it was clearly it had like a major learning curve and it was um harder than it looked and i think that challenges with learning curves are interesting and a good option for race challenges just because you know some people are better at things than others and to have something that like none of these people have ever done before and have to kind of like learn on the go is a good option for uh, a last a last task because you know nobody really had a a, like a like nobody was obviously going to be better at this because I don't think any of these people have done this in real life so I enjoyed that yeah and they tried to bring us in a little bit like I know it's sometimes hard to be like well we're not doing this so it's hard to follow Mm -hmm. like they did try to bring us in they were like oh you know, out of sync audio or whatever. Yeah. Um, or like 
someone didn't do an action or something like that, like they noted like, oh, Colin like shakes his hands at the end. Like you got to make a noise. for it. Like, so they tried to bring yeah. us in as best they could. Um, and it was good that like, it didn't seem like everyone struggled equally. Like Kim and mm-hmm. Penn were there less. And so they got it on maybe less tries, but it, it was yeah. still not like walking apart for anyone. Yeah. Jared, what do you think? You like it? Are you now going to become a Foley artist? I'm not going to become a Foley artist, but I did yeah. think it was good. Um, and unexpected too, because I feel when we go for these like, uh, like film industry challenges, it's normally like something that's like high tech CGI or otherwise it's like be a stunt double. So for them to pick something a bit more obscure, like Foley artists, I think was fun. I agree that I don't think it was like the kindest like TV in like terms of like they told you that it was out of sync, but it was kind of hard to tell that it was out of sync. Um, but it was fun. And like we've mentioned, it was a great like level eye throughout this leg. Like this wasn't a challenge that you could brute force. You had to, like Kristen mentioned, there's like a learning curve and yeah, it was just, I feel like a good setup. And also I like the fact too, that they're all in separate rooms. So you didn't know where the other teams were. We got this like moment of like Raquel and Kayla where like Raquel's trying to calm Kayla down and be like, Oh, like we haven't heard like Kim and Penn yet. And then they're like, yeah, but the door's shut. So we're not going to be able to hear them. Like, they could have left. Yeah, I loved that. Like, they have been doing too many things where you know exactly what everybody's doing. And I think that was awesome that they put them all in separate rooms. So you couldn't, like, you had to just pay attention to yourself. I definitely clocked that, too, as a good good choice on this episode. Hmm. And that the fact that they're probably in some sort of soundproof room because they're recording audio. So, like, you couldn't really, you can't really, like, oh, Kim and Penn are running in. We hear them. Like, you probably couldn't hear them at all because of the room you're in. So, yeah, it definitely added a nice touch to the episode. Uh, probably one of the best episode uh, moments was when Raquel and Kayla finished, and they're asking this guy who just happens to be outside, like, for directions. And then, meanwhile, like, they're about to walk to their car. Kim and Penn run out, and they're like, hey, you just told them. Can you tell us? And, like, you see Kim and Penn. <laughs> Or not Kim and Raquel and Kayla in the back, and they're like scrambling to get their car, and like, should we have told him not to help them? Oh, too late now. Just, <laughs> just like the, like you couldn't have scripted that any better. Like that was just such a great moment for, for like a nothing moment of asking directions. It just turned into such like a great moment where like all the teams are scrambling. They, they it was like a continuous shot. Like they didn't edit it. It was just, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like it's an, a non-challenge moment that made it so exciting. And then teams pretty much have to then uh, go to the final challenge, which is the stadium, where they have to do the final memory challenge, uh, where they have to, like, put up, like, tennis rackets with the, like, correct, like, symbol or, like, visual that accompanied the vi- the verbal below it. And, like, there was, which I thought was, like, kind of easy, like, just put the coin there and put the, the candy or the car or whatever but it was like you had to have your exact coin and your exact car and like all those details. Like I, I was like, oh, it's actually more challenging than I realized. And and it was surprisingly like interesting, especially like when you got to the end, like the both teams struggled on like one or two things, and like they're like checking and the the, the judge is like fault, fault, fault. Like and you just got this overlay of them changing out. I just thought it was great editing and I got such a nail biter moment because both of these teams are like right on the edge and you know the finish line is right around the corner. So it was like a really like a exciting, intense moment to watch this last challenge. Kristen, how'd you feel? Yeah, I love finales like this. Like 
I like my my heart was literally like beating faster. Like I was so like anxious to see who was gonna win and like like having having Kim Kim and Penn come out of that challenge at the same time that Raquel and Kayla were leaving, like really made it more exciting to watch. And I really like the memory challenge. I always like memory challenges. Um I thought it was cool that like they had so many different like options, like even though they were looking for those coins for like three hours, they looked at that coin for probably one second, saw that it was on there and ran away. Like they did not like memorize what that coin looked like. So at least there were a couple difficult moments, but the the one thing that was, was tough for me to watch was it was like heartbreaking that I feel like it was Raquel that was the one that lost it for them because she, you just kept hearing her say like, no, I think it was rainbow pieces. Like, from the the confetti, not the confetti, like the candy, and she was like so certain of it. And I honestly think that they could have like figured it out first if they had that section right. But I like it, I, at that point, I was like, they're never going to figure this out because she was so stuck on that being rainbow, and that was a, a tough break. But it was, I thought it was a good challenge to watch, and like we were able to kind of play play along that they had. They were showing us what was right and what was wrong, and watching everybody like have it almost right, and then have like eight things wrong because they like changed it trying to fix like the one thing and ended up messing everything else up like I thought it was it was, it was a really good challenge and we saw the, like this is where like Kim and Penn really like were shining because it's like all right mm-hmm. let's stop let's look back and let's really focus and then that they were able to like see everything clearly like once they stepped back which is unfortunately what like ended up getting Raquel she was just like no no, no we were focused focused like running yeah. rushing through it and when Kim of- and when Kim said she had like drawn the people like I love her. <laughs> like, she like drew pictures of like the pit, pit stop greeters and stuff. Like I thought like, that was awesome. When Penn, I think Penn was like, we need to know this guy was the different guy or something like that at the pit stop. And she's like, no, I remember what he looks like. Like, cause I yeah. drew it. Like, yeah. So like that hyper awareness of like what to do. And you could tell that they're fans or at least mm-hmm. even if they weren't fans before, they really like got into like making sure that they watched it and stuff. Like, no, Kim and Penn are definitely super are fans. Okay. I wasn't sure because they had 19 months off. So, like, maybe they, <laughs> they seemed true. like the homework type at the very least. So. No, because it was that first episode before the blip that they were, like, trying to, like, sing the intro song oh, in yeah, that car. Yeah, okay. yeah, they were definitely big fans. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> but, yeah. It was weird. <laughs> That's why I remember it, because it was weird. Jared, what did you think of the final challenge and all the drama and the excitement? I thought this was great. Like, it's such a staple for, like, this final, like, memory challenge, but this was just a new way to do it. Like, normally it's, oh, can we remember what happened in the legs? But this added element of, one, can we remember what happened in the the legs? But then, two, can we remember, like, the exact details? The fact that there were so many different coins for them to pick from, the the candy as well, which... I feel like that was a nice twist too, chucking something in from the final leg because I, in that final leg, you're so focused on mm-hmm. like just getting to like the next thing. You're not looking at like all the details for them to put in like a memory element from the last leg. Like I didn't even notice when watching the episode that there was like candy coming out of the pinatas at all. And I'm like, I just watched this and I don't like remember, like I'm not even in like the moment and I wouldn't be able to say like confidently what the candy was that came out of like the pinatas. So to me, that was a really great idea to chuck that in. And then just also like the other stuff, like all the different car options they had and like Napoleon with a small hat versus (laughs) Napoleon with like the big hat that he was actually wearing. Like it was just a really clever way to do this. We got to see Diogenes and his like hermit shell again, which is always a highlight. Um, So just fun. And I liked the whole like just like 
the umpires having to keep calling out like faults like every time was just like funny and a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um and then yeah, having the finish line right there. I don't know if I'm a fan of that or not, because then there's like no drama moving forward after this moment in terms of like navigating and cabs and whatnot. Um but I still think like it was just like a re- it was a really good challenge and a really clever way to to play on that like memory element. And one thing they usually do with the memory is like, oh, okay, it's all the pit stop greeters. Do you remember that? Or it's like, do you remember the like order of the places you went or like something that's like all the same thing? Like mm-hmm. whereas this was like different things, like it was some pit stop greeters, some like challenge activities or items, some was like the car that you traveled in. So like mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd like this method going forward, but I like that this wrinkle this one time, like that it was like multiple different like things you had to focus on and pay attention to. So I, I liked it from that view. And then obviously seeing our buddy Napoleon, no Caesar, unfortunately, which is a little, it's not Caesar, Socrates. What am I saying? Socrates, unfortunately, <laughs> was missing. Uh, but yeah, we got your, your guy, the hermit crab back. So I thought of you when that happened. So, <laughs> but yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, there was no drama. Like once you know, once Kim and Penn got it, it was like guaranteed that they were the winners of the amazing race. They just had to run like 100 steps the other direction. But still, it was, it was exciting. I was very happy to see them win. Out of everyone going into the battle, I was most excited for them to win. Not that I would have been upset with any of the teams winning. Like they were all really enjoyable. But yeah, I was rooting most for Kim and Penn to see them win. It was just like so exciting. And I still said, you know, oldest team, he didn't say it, but like they're the oldest team to win apparently. And, you know, I just, it was just so great. I was, I was so happy to see them win. Unfortunately, we can't get our, what, fourth all female team to win yet, but yeah. it'll happen eventually. Um, and that was the end. I, I, I mean, it was a little weird to not see all the teams, but under the situation, I get maybe why, like, some teams couldn't make it. But Taylor and Isaiah shouldn't pack up. If I thought that was so weird. I was like, is that Taylor and Isaiah? Like, what are they doing here? <laughs> what are they doing? Because it looks like they 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 live in Portland, so I was like, they flew down to like stand at the finish line. I don't know. I thought it was weird because they weren't. Was even, my... They were barely on the race. Mm, that was. I had the same reaction because like there were so few teams. That I was like, oh, okay. Clearly, they've just brought back the people who like from the restart. Mm-hmm. And then I had the same reaction. I'm like, um, <laughs> who? <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing here? I'm like, we could have, like, where's like Ray standing by himself at the finish line if you bring oh everybody God. back? <laughs> that would have been so funny. Yeah, why well, wasn't a Caro on like the, a Zoom call or something? <laughs> oh like, my God, can you imagine if they would put screens up and had the people clapping on Zoom? I would have loved that so yes. much. Yes. The iPad on like the Segway stand <laughs> so you can like move around as well. Yeah, and, like I they're on a delay that. and everything. So they're like, <laughs> that, would, that would have been a nice touch to the special edition of the race. <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately, only one extra team decided to show up. I'm very rude of you guys. What are you doing here? Get out of here. <laughs> I thought it was nice to have them. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 it did catch you off guard that they showed up. Because uh, at first I was like, oh, it's going to be all the teams. And I was like, oh, it's only, oh, okay, it's only the restart teams. I was like a little rude to the other people. They they tried to compete. Uh, but then they tried to compete. <laughs> well, they, put, they couldn't come back, unfortunately. Yeah. So it, it was that. But I, it was really random to see them show up. <laughs> But anyway, all the teams check in. We're all done. We got new winners of the Amazing Race, Kim and Penn. Uh, Jared, were you excited to see them be the winners? 
I was. I think I would have been happy, like, either way. And I admittedly going in, I think I was rooting for Ryan and Dusty. But I just think this is, like, three great teams to have at the top. They've all done so, like, consistently well across the season. Um, so I think it would have been deserving whoever won. Um, but for Kim and Penn, like, clearly they're, they're big fans. They have been a lot of fun to watch throughout the race. Um, ever since Kim went into her, I'm just having fun mo- mood, which didn't change anything from how they were beforehand. Um, they just, like, have really excelled, particularly in, like, the second half. So I'm um, happy for them, and it's nice that they're kind of, like, the oldest team now. So they've reset that benchmark. So we'll see if we can um, have somebody else come along and beat that in a couple of years' time. Kristen, we're happy for our winners. Yeah, I was uh, I was rooting for Raquel and Kayla going in, but I also really enjoyed Kim and Penn all season, so I was I was very happy for them. Um, I also wanted to share like one little bit of information because I am the the research person on this <laughs> podcast. So uh, so I listened to um, the exit interviews with Rob, as I mentioned, and Kim talked about how um, when they were in Portugal, so it was at the final four. Um, in the hotel, she was having this like huge panic attack and like tried to quit. Um, and I don't know, she was somehow convinced to keep racing, but like she was like, they, they basically almost quit because she like couldn't handle it with her anxiety at that moment. Um, and she said that she basically like could like barely like remember anything that she did that day, like the entire, that entire leg, she was just like blacked out the entire time. Like wasn't able to focus on anything, Like kind of just like, you know did it because she had to do it and they ended up winning a million bucks for it. So, but that was a, a cool story that she was able to come back from all of that. That's great. Like, and it's interesting to hear that, like we all had different people going in that we were like secretly rooting for. Mm-hmm. Like Jared, you were rooting for Ryan and Dusty. You were rooting for the flight tents and I was secretly rooting for Kim and Penn. So mm-hmm. like, that's really <laughs> cool to see that we all had someone different going in. Yeah. Uh, but we also had preseason predictions. Oh, no. Uh, so I kept our original just to see what would happen. Not that it's a legit anything, but just in case we decided, all right, what happens if we just didn't change our predictions? So I have that in our, our updated keep the seven, drop the four, whatever, and our final four predictions that we made last episode. So we had a lot to go through. So uh, my, my last week is tragic, but continue. <laughs> all right. So. Just going through the final four teams, uh, Rune Natalia, I said in the restart would come fifth. Colin said they would come seventh. Jared, you said they would come seventh. Kristen, you said they would come fourth. So you are right on for them. And your AI said they would uh, win the race. So you got the point for Rune Natalia. Uh, our final three, Ryan and Dusty, I said, is this me? Yes. I said, I feel that, like, I feel like I had them at third. Does that change anything? Third? Yes, I have it fourth here. What? I'm looking at my list and the only people left in the game I have are Ryan and Dusty, Raquel and Kayla, and then Arun and Natalia after them. Oh gosh. Did I smith? Oh no. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Uh, uh okay. from, your, from your original predictions. That when you gave them to me the first time, you have Connie and Sam one, yeah. Anthony and Spencer two, yeah. Ryan and Dusty three, Raquel yeah. and Kayla four, yeah. Taylor and Isaiah five. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm never mind. Just just pretend none of this happened. I okay. forgot Michael and Mo were on the show. I literally forgot they came back. I'm so sorry. Just continue. <laughs> okay. 
None I'm of this happened. So worried. I'm so sorry. No. I'm <laughs> I literally that... forgot that they came back. Well, oh. How can you forget? The researcher our... making was... an error? Who would have thought? <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. I was worried there. <laughs> Breathe. Okay. Now our, fine, our three, Ryan and Dusty. I said that they would win. Colin said that they would come in third. So, yeah, he wow. got it right on. Uh, Jared, you said they would come second. Kristen, you said they would win. And your AI said they would come third. So a point for your AI and a point for Colin. Also, just because I have to say it, including all of the people, I did have Ryan and Dusty in third place overall. So, like, there was something happening there. Wait, like my no. my original my original rankings before <laughs> okay. you take out all of the people who never came back like they were third so I I predicted that from the beginning. Yeah, I, I I've got a few of that myself too for other <laughs> teams. So yeah, uh, I know the feeling. Yeah, uh, our second place team, Raquel and Kayla. I said they would come sixth, so not good. Colin said they would come second, so he's right on. Jared said they would come first, so he was almost there. Kristen, you said they would come fourth. Uh, Not fourth. Um, You said they would come second. So you're right on. And your AI said that they would come sixth. So (laughs) point for Kristen and Colin and our winners, Kim and Penn. I said they would come seventh. So (laughs) Uh, Colin said they would come sixth. Jared said they would come sixth. Yikes. Kristen, you said they would come fifth. Yikes. And your AI said they would come second. So wow, your AI gets a point. And so rooting for the AI. At this literally, day. only the AI <laughs> is the only team that or the, is the only person who didn't underestimate Kim and Penn. Like that's wild. So for based on our point tally from the seven teams predictions, I end with zero points. Colin <laughs> ends with two. Jared, you end with one. Kristen, you end with three, and the AI ends with four. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Um, and then That's just so awesome. to keep track of our original, I'm not going to go through it individually, but I end with two points. Colin ends with two points. Jared, you end with one point. Kristen, you end with three points. And the AI ends with three points. Wow. So the AI had a sweep. In the <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and not to go through it intense, but we did final four predictions last episode. And I just wanted to see, um, Jared, you were dead on. You predicted this exact order uh last time so you got all the points and you win kristen you got no points because you were i got no points (laughs) and i got two because i was right on some of them but not others to be fair though the ai wasn't in this so they could have this as well (laughs) yeah we should have consulted i can't believe i didn't think of it but yeah kristen you and your ai did well it's amazing very proud of my my phone and (laughs) randomnumbergenerator.com Yes, you you clean you sweet towel. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I got, I sucked. So I did better. Some teams right on, like, but that unfortunately couldn't keep that because we had to eliminate them for the new season. But there are the new predictions. But yeah. Anyway, I thought this was such a fun season. I'm so glad that we got to talk about the whole thing and every every episode. We managed to cover every episode this season and do a preview. So I was very happy that we got to cover it and. Yeah, I had so much fun. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. Any final thoughts on the season? Any thoughts on anything going forward? 
Yeah, I really like this season. Um, I thought it was really cool that we were even able to get a season during all of this. Like, they even filmed, like, when Omicron was, like, getting out of hand and, you know, every goddamn person that I knew had it. Like, they were able to get through filming a season with everybody, at least the cast, staying healthy. Like, like this is the hardest show to film with, like, with COVID happening, like, you know, they can stick people in a house. They can do Big Brother. They can do Survivor. You're, like, much more secluded. This is a harder season to navigate or a harder show to navigate, and I think it's really cool that they were able to make it happen. And we love the commitment of the show to say, you know what, we're not going to just cancel this. We're going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Like, that Big Brother Canada season, they were like, hey, too many <laughs> yeah. people. We don't care. <laughs> and, like, none of them have brought been brought back two seasons later. Like, yep. they didn't care about them. But, like, I was glad to see that, like, even this show, like you said, this is such a hard show to do in, mm-hmm. like, a very contagious virus. Like, it was just the commitment to do it was so great. And the, and I love that they were, like, commending the crew and everything at the end, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just nice to see that they, they, like, you can tell that they cared so much. And it was, and you could feel that through the show. Jared, final thoughts on the season? Anything you want to get out before we, we close 33? Yeah, I just thought it was a really solid season. I feel like particularly towards, like, the end following the restart, they really, like, hit their stride in a couple of legs with the tasks being on point, them having lots of, like, these additional root info tasks as well. And then, obviously, like, shout out to all the secondary characters who are amazing. Um, it was really fun, and I just, I hope that we can get, like, another season i don't know if it's been like officially like renewed or not but i feel like based on this season and not ratings were but it deserves to be um and i hope that like it can come back a little bit sooner than than the big break between seasons last time yeah and casting was also fantastic this season Mm -hmm. i think as you know, Colin, as we listened very intently to Colin's part of the conversation, mm-hmm. he was saying people were complaining that everything was just so, like, peaceful and that like, no one was creating a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, like, not his opinion, but just, like, the online perception is that, like, there wasn't a lot of drama. Teams weren't fighting because they were, like, you know, they were just locked up and it's, like, not the energy they want to bring in or whatever. Um, but I still think that there was still a lot of fun to be had. And we saw some teams arguing with each other, like, you know, Lulu and Lala and Aruna and Taya. So, like, mm-hmm. I think that there was still drama. It wasn't like some other seasons where, like, teams are yelling at each other, getting really into it. But uh, I still thought there was a lot of dra- enough drama to keep us entertained and a lot of fun stuff. So I was, I'm glad that we got this season. And we would have not missed out on the great characters of Socrates, Diogenes, mm-hmm. the Suvlaki. Suvlaki uh, <laughs> lady. Uh, <laughs> whatever. That, that monk that priest that we saw at the Greek church, like everything mm-hmm. we would have missed out on that. I'm so glad we got this. I feel like on like the drama front, there were no like U-turns or anything. So there wasn't any like manufactured, manufactured drama built into like the race itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still feel like what you mentioned, like Rossi, like we got like enough, like little spats between teams and like teams getting like frustrated, dusty and like the cheese and, and dusty <laughs> and the coins like, there were enough moments in here that I kind of feel like it wasn't uninteresting to watch. And it's probably, like, the first time in that I can remember in, like, going into the final three, I was cheering for, like, all of the people there and did not, like, mind, like, who won. And it wasn't in, like, a, like I don't care, like, I'm ambivalent. It was, like, I like all three of these teams and they're, like, good at the race and deserving to, like, win the title. So I feel like that was really, like, cool and unique. Yeah. 
Uh, one final thing. I asked this to Colin, and I'm curious to get your answer. Any teams you'd like to see come back, Kristen? Are we talking like teams who didn't get a shot from before? And, and anyone. Like, I mean, uh, I mean, I would like love to see all those four teams that were eliminated come back and like get a shot. Maybe not Car- Karen Ray, but. Aww. Um, <laughs> Excuse me, I'm going to my list. <laughs> I love Karen Ray. I just like, yeah, I'm just, I'm curious. Like, I'm sure you, you're not dying to see Michael Mo, but anyone else? I mean, I hate this because, like, I loved so many you can of these things. Like, I'm just saying, like, I want Sherry back on my TV. Like, I want Raquel and Kayla to have another shot. Like, I, you know, I love all of these teams, except for Michael and Mo. I was going to say. <laughs> except the one that you forgot was on the show. <laughs> I, I knew that they were on the show. I forgot that they came back. Well, not there. They, they suck, so. <laughs> Poor guys. Uh, Jared, what about you? Anyone you want to see come back? All of them? None of them? Yeah, I feel like I'd be happy with anybody coming back. I think the team I would most like to see back is maybe like Raquel and Kayla because they have like a little bit of that like redemption story going if they come back. Um, but yeah, there's nobody I would like absolutely like hate to see back. Um, like Ryan and Dusty, like, you know, when they do like a returning season, they're going to have to fill that like alpha team somewhere. Um, and if we can have a team that's more like them and is actually interesting to watch instead of just like super focused and winning everything and like don't have a brain at all, um, I would rather see like them back than like another pairing to fill that void. Yeah, I think definitely Raquel and Kayla have unfinished business, like upside for them. And we, we got to get Akbar and Sherry at after they do the CrossFit and, and they start lifting the weights mm-hmm. and everything, like when they come back, like like Kristen said, they should have the first time. Like we're going to be rooting for them hardcore. They're going to be so tough. I so. want them to bring back like the old intro for when like they bring them back, and their little thing will be them like doing like dribbling the basketball down the court and then shooting a hoop as their little intro package. <laughs> yeah, the Division One athletes are here to compete. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I love the season. I, I had so much fun talking about it. Uh, yeah, I am excited. Hopefully we'll get another season of Amazing Race, at least one coin, either Amazing Race US or Canada to talk about at some point. But yeah, I had fun. Kristen, thank you so much for being the researcher, the <laughs> the one to watch bad movies when we don't want to. <laughs> you are welcome. Uh, and sticking through like 99% of the season. So, mm-hmm. and Jared, thank you. You listen to every episode. So I appreciate that. You was, you came on most of the episodes, so thank you. No problem. It's, it's been really fun. And the Colin, who couldn't be half-assed to show up, um, <laughs> good job for the little effort you put in. Uh, <laughs> I'm asking, I, thanks to Colin for talking <laughs> in the beginning or at the end, wherever we're going to do what his segment. Um, if you put in the end, it's going to be really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll just stick it in the middle. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise them. Um, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening, sticking around with us, and we hope to be back another season of Amazing Race. But there's plenty of other stuff you can listen to and talk about. And, yeah, that's it. Thank you all for listening. Good night. Goodbye. Good morning. Good morning. Goodbye.
Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.